Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. All right. Hello again, friends. Thank you for joining me here at the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. This is your host, Greg, recording live outside as the spring is starting to spring a little bit. There are some birds chirping in the background. If you're super lucky, you can hear the chickadees and the robins. There was a flicker flying around earlier. Oh, there's a hawk up there too. Little buds of flowers and shoots are starting up around here and my seeds are uh, starting to take off. So I'm pretty excited for that. And I'm also excited about today's topic because there will be a guest coming on in the future to talk a bit more about it. Uh, I want to just give a little introduction and share some of the lessons, some of the thoughts I had around traditional and ancestral skills, especially in this day and age and time that we're going through. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit and say uh, I started picking up more gardening last year. So that was something really cool after I was laid off to go and play outside, work in the soil, do things like that. And that really connected me to a lot more of what was going on in the area, the trees, the flowers, the birds, the insects, the things that I had really taken for granted for a long time or even hadn't been in this part of the world during the summer for quite a while. So that was a neat thing. And it got me thinking about all of the accumulated wisdom and knowledge that different people have about what grows locally or what doesn't grow so well locally, uh, what the different conditions are, when uh, when planting time is for certain things, when um, when harvest time should be, uh, what what location to, to plant things in, sort of the whole the whole gamut. And it was really cool to to connect with neighbors and watch videos on the internets and read articles, uh, ask questions, just to to really connect with that some of those more traditional skills that are often overlooked nowadays of being able to to grow some one's own foods, being able to to connect outside. So that really got me on a train of thought and I started to think about all the things that have been lost to convenience or to modern lifestyles. You know, there's a ton of things around no matter how many great contraptions we get, like this is the latest time saving device. And, you know, here's your washer and dryer. And with all this advance of technology and quote progress, that there's also been a loss of the knowledge and the skill and the wisdom in how to do certain things, whether that's, you know, route finding in the wilderness, whether that's planting a garden, whether that's cooking, whether that's building a fire. Um, whether that's in any of a number of different things, sharpening a knife even. There's a lot of stuff that that are important skills that have kind of disappeared because there's been more and more focus on the sort of knowledge economy and working with computers and not as much on the hands-on focus building things or or maintaining those skills. So 
just was going to give a list of some of the stuff because again, a lot of the stuff is lost to convenience. You know, growing growing one's own food uh, can take a while. You have to put time into it. You have to put effort into it. Uh, you have to put money and nutrients and water into it. It can be quite a lot simpler and in some ways more cost effective to just run and grab some fast food, to run and grab packaged stuff at the grocery store. You know, it takes a lot more effort and determination to watch a little tomato seed bloom and grow up into a plant and then harvest it and be outside checking on it every day, every couple days to, to see what happens. That's very different from just running in to grab a Coke and a burger. Um, but I think that the appreciation around things is better. Another thing that I thought about for one of the traditional <laughs> ancestral skills that's lost is cooking. Um, I think it's it seems like it's making a comeback. Uh, before I left the social medias, there was a number of people starting in March 2020 that, that you know, everybody was making sourdough all of a sudden and everybody was trying all these different things and some people carried on with it, some people haven't carried on with that. Um, but one of the things that I had started to notice in different jobs that I had or in working with, with colleagues and coworkers or seeing people just out and about was that the, some of the skills of cooking, like making one's own pasta sauce, um, how to bake, how to bake different things that had, had seemed to fallen by the wayside, at least for people that I was, was meeting. Um, now variety of sources being, you know, people I was in school with people I was working with people. I went on a date or multiple dates with, it just seemed like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that had been taken for granted and that it became so easy or so convenient to just run out and grab some food, you know, to not stop coffee, just to stop at Starbucks on your way to work. And just a different perspective, but it, you know, really got me to thinking. And then actually watching videos on how to make cowboy coffee to to reconnect with that energy of the past you know the the cattle drives in the 1800s and whatnot um, and that got me on a thread as well of some of the the more some of the skills and knowledge that we had even a century ago you know the 1920s before cars were that popular or common or even uh affordable you know, most, many people would have known how to ride a horse, would have known how to handle a horse, would have known how to be around a horse even. And uh, I'm recording this in the afternoon. I was out on a morning run today and there are occasionally horses where I run. Uh, and I had a nice chat with a friendly rider who I occasionally see out there uh, thanking me for stopping and being polite and paying attention to the horse and knowing my way around a horse um, rather than the experience that she'd had the day before, which was a beautiful, sunny, uh, unseasonably warm day in this part of the world on a Saturday. So uh, absolute chaos and uh, not at all enjoyable were the words that were conveyed to me about that experience. So, you know, something that, that many people would have had so much hands-on direct experience with, we're we're completely disconnected with. We've got these wonderful mechanical cars now or mechanical horses now that can do all kinds of things, but there's still places where a Jeep can't go. A horse can get a lot more places. Trust me, having tried to chase one in a Jeep when we were working on a ranch, uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work so well. Horse was gone. Cows were gone, but uh, Jeep couldn't go. 
anyways, uh, the gardening I talked about, um, another one was navigation. And again, I just came from my run. Uh, the trails that I frequent, or some of the trails that I frequent have no signs. You're just following, to me, what's a well-worn path in the bush. Um, again, that comes from experience. So to, you know, a, a novice or someone who's never been out there before may not see those. And I, I grant that, but, uh, the trail that I was on today is a very wide, it's about, oh gosh, eight feet, 10 feet wide, uh, crushed gravel. And most, most times if I'm out there on a weekend, I will give directions to at least one person, um, lost. And I thought, wow, that's just, it's such a huge disconnect from times in the past when we would have been nomadic peoples. We would have been moving around. We would have been aware of direction and, you know, the, where the sun sets, where the sun rises, how to get different places, even if it was somewhere unfamiliar. It just, it always comes as a shock to me that there's, or what I, I go, I don't know. To me, it's quite obvious if the crushed gravel goes that way, follow the crushed gravel, but um, something's not so obvious about it, I guess. Anyways, uh, fire. Fire's a big one. Um, fire, <laughs> the ancestral television, call it, the the way we, we cooked, the way we heated, um, protection from predators, all these great things about fire. And that's uh, really been sort of taken to the wayside with the, you know, the focus on technology and other things of you can't have an open fire many places now. You can't uh, use your fireplace. That seems to be the new and latest and greatest ordinance coming in. Um, and then we get something like, you know, the the great big freeze that Texas just had and there is no power or gas or there's crazy price gouging and there's no way to heat things or to stay warm. So it's an interesting balance. Uh, I grant that, but it's something that I, I have been aware of, of, you know, pe people, I had kind of taken it for granted because I learned when I was young how to build a fire and, you know, <laughs> probably got burned a few times when I was younger. Um, so where to go or, or what to do or what to not put near the fire, what to be aware of that you're wearing, what to, you know, how to, how to keep it going. Um, that a heck of a lot of smoke is not a good sign if you're trying to have a campfire. And then, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia around them too. And you pop out somewhere to a actual developed campground. You're like, wow, there's a lot of people um, could use some more practice building fires. So just to disconnect. And I thought, hey, you know, that's something that would be beneficial for people to know because, you know, if there is a natural disaster or if there is something that happens to the power grids again, um, that's a really useful skill is knowing how to build a fire, knowing what types of wood are are more or less suited, uh, you know, know, knowing how to do it if you don't have a lighter, just, just different things. Uh, along those lines as well, um, you know, plant identification or just living and being outdoors with, with the seasons or with the weather changes. There's, you know, we have access to all these amazing technologies. We have all this clothing that can keep you warm and dry when it's pouring rain. Um, stuff that sheds, sheds rain. I've got this super cool pair of gloves that's neoprene and like, it can be pretty close to freezing, but my hands are still warm even if they get wet. And that's something that's relatively new. The people that were walking the Oregon Trail or, you know, the nomadic tribes of the, the plains of North America in the past didn't have access to those technologies, but they managed. And we have access to all these things. And, you know, it can be a struggle for people or 
there's a, a lot of draw to, you know, staying inside where it's warm and dry rather than going out to appreciate nature. So just a, a, a disconnect in a way from, you know, the the weather and being outdoors, knowing how to, to be outdoors or dress appropriately or or what might be involved. Being able to take a look up in the sky and go, oh, hey, those clouds are rolling in. Might be a good idea to throw a rain jacket in uh, as opposed to going in a pair of jeans and, you know, a cotton hoodie or something like that. Um, just a, a disconnect from nature on a deep level and to some of that ancestral wisdom or that traditional, those traditional skills in, in reading the weather, in being prepared, in having an awareness of things that, that could happen. Um, and I did an episode recently about car crashes. And part of that was, you know, do I have stuff in my vehicle? So if something happens, I've got extra water, I've got extra food, I've got warm clothing. If I needed to survive a night, could I? And that's something here on the West Coast, you know, we have this amazing mountain playground pretty pretty nearby. And there's a lot of people that might be going out into it for the first time. And there are a lot of ways that uh, things could go wrong or you could find yourself you know, off trail needing to spend a night and just to have that awareness or to seek out that knowledge of what to carry in a pack, you know, what, what to, what to expect. Could you, could you make it a night? Uh, not that it has to be the warmest night in the entire world or the best sleep night of your life, but if something happened, would you be able to hunker down and make it through a night with some food, some water, um, a poncho or a way to stay dry, a tarp, a blanket, whatever that might be. Um, things to think about. And this, again, would have been second nature for for people generations ago, um, especially if they were out traveling in unprotected areas. Or, you know, you think of following the, the buffalo herds on the plains. Um, very, very different from hopping in a climate-controlled vehicle to drive to the grocery store and buy food or run to the store and buy some beer or whatever that might be. So a different way of looking at it, but just some of the skills again that I thought, hey, wow, yeah, that's those are some of the things that might be being lost. Or, uh, oh gosh, what else? Yeah, being being in the city too. You know, there's a in some ways a, a disconnect from nature. I'm fortunate that I can right now hear different birds chirping and I can see trees moving and flowers blooming. Um, but you know, even even here, if I go a couple miles in any direction, there are massive towers where you might not even have a balcony. You might not even have windows that actually open. You might have those little slider things with a screen. So you can get a little bit of fresh air, but you're at a different level of disconnect from nature by you know being up in the sky, by being away from the parts of nature that we are from all of the different living sentient beings and species that are that are out here. So that's something that's kind of new. And, you know, we, at least I have started to really become aware pretty much in the past year. It's been since the, the, the shutdown for everything for um, coronavirus. And there's people that are, you know, drawn to get outside more to feel better more and people that are you know, drawn to stay indoors and hop on a computer, get behind a screen, um, do things. So it, it's an interesting balance. There's no, there's no right, there's no wrong. For me, it's been a, a big draw back to outdoor spaces, uh, whether that's my hands in the dirt, working on something, uh, building little construction projects, um, being more connected to the world around me 
been going to to seek escape through different things to to watch this little chickadee as I'm recording and starting to lose my train of thought um, versus you know staring at the computer screen which has got the time and the inflection points on as I'm talking along it's it's something interesting along the lines of again these traditional skills these ancestral skills that um, can be lost it maybe go like oh hey what if somebody who's listening along or has is interested in learning more or knows someone who's learning more how and where can you learn some of those skills because you know one of the one of the things that that's happened is as different aspects of quote progress or society have changed people that had those traditional skills or those ancestral skills uh not always are they able to to pass them along to the next generation, whether that's you know the the medical knowledge or the ceremonial knowledge of plants for indigenous ceremonies, whether that's the hunting skills or the tracking skills of being out in the bush. Um, you think of just even the march of progress adding how many more billion people to the world the the impact that's had on the number of wild animals out there or animals that aren't caged or domesticated now uh, can, have, can have significant effects. You know, how many are not affected by humans so that hunting might be an option or not if that's something you wish to try? Um, just some thoughts, right? Uh, so, you know, if you're, you're wanting to learn something, how how can you find a mentor? How could you connect with that knowledge can you go to the library and perhaps read a book can you know do you know someone's someone who has those skills that you can work with can you join a local gardening club or orienteering club uh, go and take a a course on backcountry skills or, or wilderness first aid there are a number of great organizations out there um, you know there's there's things on um, online videos can, can be a source um, with the caveat of, you know, maybe you would want to look at a couple to get an idea rather than trust a single one. Um, and maybe that's just something that you're going to try and figure out on your own, sort of the self-reliance aspect or independence or, you know, try it and see what happens. I know that was some of the things I learned on my own of working with sourdough was okay here's what the book says let's try it nope that didn't work but you know lear learning by experience is also a good way um i think it's it's good as well too to, to reach out to friends or to to reach out even there are some amazing organizations that teach things uh, hopefully they're still open or are opening up where you are uh, whether that is outdoor skills you want to learn or traditional means of building a fire, of navigating the land, of walking softly. Um, some great ones, and I'm excited to have someone come on shortly to talk about those. Um, and that ties me to the last thing of why are some of these traditional ancestral skills important to learn? And I think for me, a big one is a connection to the past. You know, a lot of things have been lost or are being lost. The you think back even a hundred years or a couple hundred years, many people were, you might be a specialist in something, but you're a generalist. So, you know, the mom would do all kinds of things around the house. Dad would do all kinds of things around the house, maybe build the house, uh, shoe the horses, um, 
plow the garden do do everything around it you know uh mom would help out with that mom would take care of the kids there were there were different roles that people had um and then starting to get specialized but you know there's there was a lot of things and people people worked in communities and traveled in communities so i think that those connections to the past are really important because they they teach us about ourselves they teach us about being part of nature they teach about being in nature in a different way. I think there's, again, a lot of them are being lost, especially if we think about the different indigenous languages or, uh, you know, the, the different words for the different types of snow or the different types of waves or the different types of water or rain or plants, the different uses of plants as well. You know, when over the past couple hundred years, things have definitely changed for people around the world. Um, some of those remedies and uses for for plants or things that they conditions they could help with um shamanic or medicinal uses of things uh some of them are around some of them were oral traditions and as people passed away or were genocided out or whatever may have happened in different places that those things could be lost and that's a valuable source of knowledge for helping people navigate their own life, um, their own situations in life. Uh, oh, we've got an alarm going off. Hopefully nobody can hear that in the background. Uh, I also think that some of these things are important for, for independence or, or self-reliance. You know, there's a really cool feeling of empowerment that can come from being out in, in nature, being, being part of nature, cutting down uh, a little branch, uh, finding a rock, carving some spindles and making fire out of stuff that you found yourself, having having those species support you in in making and doing and building these amazing things such as um, building a fire or building a snare or you know, providing food, providing uh, energy, providing resources of some kind, whether it's a debris shelter or something else that, you know, those are, those are valuable skills to have because you never know when you may need them. Uh, anyway, I think that, that they can all help in personal growth, in personal development, in even keeping things alive, in, in transforming, you know, it was, I've talked about my boss experience a lot. But that was one thing that I really felt had a significant impact on my life since then was disconnecting from the modern conveniences and really having the time to appreciate what I learned about myself and about different skills and about other people, but about that connection to land and to connection to the environment of how what's around us, the the species um, we can work synergistically with to, to benefit each other, to, to balance each other, that I can learn so many really cool things that I didn't know before from people who are happy to share that knowledge. And I think that this is an important time where we can connect and learn how to do those things for ourselves. I am a big proponent of uh, experiential learning and trying things for oneself and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share any resources that I personally have. I'll put some links in the show notes for this. Um, 
yeah, there's a lot more traditional skills and ancestral skills that we could we could go on talking about. These are just ones that pop to me. Uh, again, especially as I stand here with my laptop outside and extension cord running, so I'm out of the rain now, uh, to think about, hey, what would this place have looked like a few hundred years ago before Europeans were here? Uh, there was a blueberry field in this area at, at some point. Uh, you know, there would have been uh, salmon salmon fishing nearby, uh, maybe berry harvesting, uh, maybe some plants. I, I don't know, but what would have been like to see this back then and to to have the skills to navigate through it or to know how to use these different trees for different things, to build a canoe out of one, to build uh, a bow and some arrows out of a different one. It's it's really cool. It's fascinating to me. And it's it's a way to connect uh, our own inherent nature within us to this magical world that we live in. All right. On that note, I am going to wrap this up for today. Thank you all for listening. Again, I appreciate you all being here, and I hope you have a magical day in all capacities. Thank you, friends. Cheers. All righty then, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I hope you get a chance to go outside and breathe in some fresh air, or that you've already been outside and perhaps you're even listening to this at the end of an incredible adventure. If you get a chance, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review at the podcast hosting platform that you found this on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, a whole bunch of other things. Drop a review. That is fantastic. It helps spread the word, share the benefits of nature, and share some of these inspiring and empowering stories of what we can all do when we put our minds toward it. Spring is in the process of springing. Here where I am, I hope that things are starting to look oh, look brighter, smell sweeter, uh, get warmer wherever you are, and we will catch you next week for another episode.